mean, theoretically, I was going to come up with, I'm, I'm like honestly thinking about doing this whole, because I see people doing this whole like being fake bay for uh, Thanksgiving. I'm thinking once I get my teeth right and everything. Fake bay for Thanksgiving. Oh, that's funny. Yes, because again, there are always women like in that 25 to 35 range that are just like, they need a, a boyfriend so that their aunts and their mother will leave them alone and such. So I'm thinking about once I get my teeth really, really right, like I'm just going to put out an application. Like I will be your fake bae. I can cook. I can come in and help you out in any way possible. But I will happily play the fake boyfriend. And then all you really need to do is pay for my plane ticket and make sure that like your family can pass a pot like a, like they're not legitimately psycho. As long as that's happening, I'm good. A background check. Yeah, a background check. Exactly. You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. In a minute, cuz. We live. We live. We live. <laughs> Welcome to the Locked On Hornets podcast. Walker Mail, Nada Edwards, Doug Branson. Check us out all on Twitter at Walker Mail, at Nada the Scribe, and at Doug Branson LOH. You can find the show handle on most social media platforms at Locked On Hornets. Kimba's going crazy. He's not stopping scoring. How about the first shot he took last night was a three right in the face of the Boston Celtics coming off of his 60 point performance? So Kimba goes for 60. And then the very next game, he follows it up with 43. And that's the first time since Kobe Bryant in the 2006-2007 season that that has happened before. And he joins one of six players. So alongside Kobe, he does that along with Wilt, Pete Maravich, Tracy McGrady, Michael Jordan. And that's it. That's your list. With Michael Jordan in the building, no less. Right. With Michael... With Michael watching Kimba do it from his suite and Kimba putting the team on his back for a lot of that. And they're able to get the win. And what was also monumental in this game was that it was a close victory. It was a close game and they were able to come out on top. And that is something we haven't seen. It is non-existent from the Charlotte Hornets team here in the recent going. Like we saw it, I guess, once with Miami where Malik had a couple shots on the road. But Kimba needed somebody desperately to do so. And here comes Tony Parker, who, by the way, gets to his spot on the floor as well as anybody out there on the court. Like, why does the defense allow Tony Parker to continue to get to the elbow? What do you mean allow? <laughs> it's it, well, it's unreal. Like, they, Tony Parker's going to get to the elbow, and he's going to shoot a shot just with inside the three-point line, and he's going to drain it. And boy, did they need it yet last night because – when he hit those and that gave him a little bit more of a cushion, Kimba, not not even that he was extremely excited. Kimba was just damn relieved. Yeah, of course. You have to be because he's like, look, I've carried you guys on my back for the better part of two games now. Now, the other thing is that bench showed up last night. The bench that everybody was saying is a top five bench in this league, it finally showed up. You had a solid third quarter from Billy Hernan Gomez. You had Kemba had help last night. The narrative of Kemba not having help helped out it, again. It for one night it took a break. Kem VP, Kem VP. Apparently that Kem threw him off. Apparently this is not about him. Wait, wait, wait. How how is this not this about, is about him? This is about the fans in the building embracing this monumental performance 
and this talk about relieved. The fans were relieved that the Hornets were able to finally close out a close game. It's pretty amazing too because they were beat in points in the paint. They were beat on the fast break, twenty-two points to six. I mean, other than three-point shots, I mean, they really Boston played a good game, and the Hornets just shot the ball better. Well, you, you hit six more three-pointers. That's, that's going to help you. I mean, if you get outscored Math, in the paint, baby. and you, yes, right, we we are good at that. So, no, when you hit six more three-pointers, that's certainly going to help. And Jeremy Lamb, unlike his point, unlike his performance against Philadelphia, where he got 20, but it was inefficient, he shot much more efficient here, going 7 of 13 against the Boston Celtics. Still 0 for 4 from beyond the arc, but at least he did hit seven other shots when he stepped inside the three-point line. So you did get some other guys stepping up. Dwayne Bacon gets significant minutes once again. How about First that? Guy off the bench. How about that three pointer he hit? I, this is not a strong suit of Dwayne right now, and that was no hesitation. Cold Stone, I'm about to hit this thing, and Cold Dwayne, Stone, Cold like Stone cre- Creamery, like the right. Creamery, Stone Cold is what I should have said. Right? <laughs> I can't believe I said Cold Stone. Smooth, I want some ice cream after. Smooth, smooth. As ice cream, man. That that shot was creamy, right? Cold Stone. <laughs> Jump shot from beyond the arc, and you saw Dwayne Bacon with no hesitation be able to hit that. That was significant for him. And you mentioned Billy Hurd and Gomez. He came up with a good performance, 14 points. Miles Bridges hit half of his shots. So you had some other guys. There wasn't somebody that wowed you as far as the second scoring option, but you had a lot of other guys contributing here and there, and that was all the difference. You just needed balance, and I think that's what they provided, especially in that third quarter where Kemba really just didn't have it, and he was starting to get winded. And they gave the bench gave them an interesting performance. How about Borrego going 2-3 zone with that bench? Now, if the bench can do that, can score the points, and somewhat hold this team up, because defensively, that's been an issue. But if the bench can like be solid defensively, this is going to get interesting. I love the start to this game as well. You had Kemba going 4 of 6 in the first quarter, but you also had balanced scoring. You had several guys knocking down shots, again, alleviating Kemba of some of that responsibility. You get off to a good start. It leads to a good finish. No, it does. So you had guys stepping up for Kemba Walker and and not necessarily for him, but alongside him as he did have 43 points in this game. And he's playing the best that we've ever seen a Charlotte Hornet play before in the last two games. And there's just if you can put together another game and maybe, you know, have that a little bit more of a streak more so than two. I don't know if you would qualify that as a streak, but if you gave us another one of like 30 or at least if you gave him something like that. It, it's simply amazing what he's doing right now. I mean, he's he's carrying this team at this point, and he passed Glenn Rice for the most forty-plus games in Hornets history uh, in the last game. Yeah, against and Philly. in this one, he's the only Hornet now to, other than Glenn Rice, to have back-to-back forty-point games. And on top of it all, the most impressive stat is that he's leading the NBA in scoring sixteen games in and three-pointers made. Yeah, this I mean, is this it's is insane. Nice. Like I'm, I'm like Kemba. I never thought I'd see this from Kemba. I thought Kemba was going to be good. I don't think he's going to be this good. This is almost like Steve Nash second half of your career resurgence. This it, it, and you have national guys giving him. You have Stephen A. Smith and and some of these national guys coming out and and verbalizing it, which I think will help his case if he has any to possibly be an NBA all-star starter in Charlotte. And we talked about this the last couple of seasons. Like I felt that NBA accounts would give Kemba a little bit of love here and there because of he he is a fun guy to watch play basketball. 
And so when he would undress dudes, basically, when he would break their ankles, like people took notice of that and they would tweet that out. So that got maybe a little bit of people nationally saying, hey, you know, Kimba's kind of underrated. So it got the conversation started. But now when somebody goes for 60 and leads the NBA in scoring and is doing what he's doing, then you have big time national NBA pundits discussing Kimba like that is a topic on whatever podcast they have, whatever show they have, not just for NBA basketball, but for all of sports. Well, and this is what it takes, right? Because we've had, I think we've lowered our expectations as Hornets fans over the years because we have not seen a lot of success. And so when when Kimba did very good things, we thought they were amazing things. Now Kimba is doing actual amazing things and he's doing them against teams in the Eastern Conference that national people pay attention to, like the Celtics, like the Sixers. And that's why you're seeing this attention laid on them, even though it's not on national TV. The one thing I will say about the national pundits, and I know I know you guys have noticed this on Twitter, whole bunch of hashtag save Kemba, right. hashtag free Kemba. If they don't get the hell out of here with this nonsense, you didn't care about Kemba last year. You weren't shooting with us in the gym, National Pundits. (laughs) We were in the gym shooting with Kemba. And now you want to come out here and save him? No. No, you don't get that. Stay off our cloud. And speaking with the way he's shooting now, Kemba just might make 150 M's. Like with this All-NBA selection that he just might get. That's something Bobby Marks tweeted out that now you just might have – a increase in his salary, which we haven't discussed. Like we talked about it a little bit, Nada, yeah. at the beginning of the season about his chances at making an All NBA team. Mm-hmm. Look, they are real. They are real. It's still going to be tough because you have to keep this. Like nobody's going to remember a lot of basketball that happens in November. Of course, we'll remember. Hey, that was an awesome sixty point performance. So th- that's not going to be enough to get you just single-handedly an all-NBA performance. But he's playing at a level right now where he's the leading scorer. So that would get you ahead of a guy like Damian Lillard or some of these other point guards. It's going to be tough to beat Steph, a James Harden. But now you are playing at an all-NBA level. And so that would make him eligible for the max given to a team that drafts him. Right. And that's going to be a lot of money. So that begs the, the question, how much does that change your viewpoint of whether you sign him or not? No, it doesn't. It can't. I, like I wrote an article about this a couple of days ago. You keep Kemba. The only way out of this is keeping Kemba. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I'll tell you this, though. Kemba has been absolutely cold stone creamery out there on the court. It's the season of giving. We're giving you daily Hornets talk in your podcast feed, and we need you to show your support by joining our Patreon page for just as little as $1 a month, just $1. You'll be supporting the content that you depend on. Patreon.com slash LOH. Once again, that's Patreon.com slash LOH. It's Tuesdays with Rick. We got Rick Bennell on the other side of the break. It's the Locked On Hornets podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. Kim Butter Pecan. This is Locked On Hornets. And but, I have plenty of hurricane snacks. Went out and bought some Chex Mix. <laughs> yeah. Which What kind of Chex Mix? This savory, it was a savory Chex Mix. It's you're a, an, a lot you're, of cheese going on in that Chex oh, Mix. You're an expert on Chex Mix, correct? Right? Well, on I, just I'm, trail mix. I'm very particular about my trail mix. I'm what, not as particular, particular about, about my Chex, Chex Mix. It's time for more of the Locked On Hornets podcast. Tuesday. That means we do our weekly segment with the Rick Bennell from the Charlotte Observer, and you can find all of his work at his Twitter handle, at Rick underscore Bennell. Rick, thanks so much for joining us once again. How are you doing? 
Oh, God, there's been nothing at all going on left of the day's walker. The Hornets beat has been really quiet. It's unbelievable, right? <laughs> I what, what you've seen from Kemba Walker, and we're all in awe in it. You know, I had Nada joking with me on Twitter saying, can we just do 30 minutes where all of us are just fawning over what Kemba has done? 60 points the other night against Philadelphia. You know, one of two guys to ever do it at 6'1 or shorter, and he's one of six guys to follow up a 60-point performance with a 40-point performance that he had against the Boston Celtics last night. Oh, and they win a close game, which seems that it's been not only rare, but borderline um, non-existent for the Charlotte Hornets team. Rick, just overall, what what have you made of watching Kimba the last couple of games and the kind of impact that he's had? Uh, You know, I actually think one person who made a, well, a really interesting point in putting this in context was um, the other day at practice, we were asking Cody after a 60-point game about, you know, sort of his view of all this. And I thought that Cody said something really worthwhile when he said that people need to keep in mind that everything Kemba did um, Saturday night against the Sixers was in the natural flow of the offense. You know, this wasn't like when Devin Booker, you know, um, you know, was was putting up baskets after long after a game got decided it was going to be a loss. And I mean, I'm I'm not I'm not knocking you know what Booker did that night, but the difference is everything that Kemba was doing was significant, and he, you know nobody from the team thought he was showboating. It was it was just him doing everything humanly possible to drag them to the finish line, and it didn't work out that way. Um, the other thing that I think is is just remarkable about this, and I don't know how many other people in the NBA could do this, is what it took for him to score 60 points Saturday night, two nights later, for him to be nearly that spectacular. Um, you know, you, you wonder how he manages to do this. I asked Nick after the game last night um, about what kind of fatigue this must be placing on Kemba, and he said, you know, he goes, I think when you are playing that well, he said, I think that you don't recognize fatigue anymore. He said, I think Kemba's just in this place where, you know, he said he's just, he's just unconscious. Conscience and uh, conscious, and I asked uh, I asked Kemba what he thought about that, and he said, "Well, he goes, I'm tired right now, but I know what he mm. means. He goes, <laughs> I just can't think about being tired during games." Rick, when we've seen Kemba, I, I asked you, I think a couple weeks ago, when Kemba got off to the really good start, if Kemba, if we thought last season Kemba had reached basically ninety to ninety-five percent of the player that he would ever be, and he certainly surpassed that, leading the NBA in scoring right now. And when you look at what he's done ever since he's come into the league and how much he's improved, we've talked about this before, but getting to this level, it seems unbelievable. I, I is is how much has he surprised? you or at least how much to you has he improved as much as anybody else you've ever seen come through this league this is very much a function of work and how devoted he is to the offseason um borrego last night when i asked him i said how hard is it in your mind not only for anybody in the league to have you know scored a hundred points over two games but for somebody of Kemba's dimensions to do that. And I thought that JB made a really good point when he said the scouting in this league is so advanced that if you don't keep evolving, if you don't keep finding some little way to make yourself better every off season, 
the league is going to catch up to you. And and Kemba has continuously in the off season found a way, you know, to attack whatever is is lacking for him. I mean, obviously the huge singular thing was uh, three or four summers ago when he realized that he had to be a dramatically better three-point shooter. That it didn't, wasn't just improvement in, in a vacuum. As you know, that changed the way that people have to guard him. Uh, Brad Stevens was saying before the game last night that he was just constantly reminding his players going into this game, do not get into the trap of trying to go under a screen on Kemba because that is the easiest way for him to beat you. Um, there is no longer a hole in his game and if there if there is a hole it's subtle enough that it's not something that people are doing anything about every single night and jimmy butler is a very good example of this whoever the other team's designated best defender is he is focused on kemba he is no longer at the top of the uh, the other team's scouting report he is on top of the other team's scouting report with five stars He's playing step like Rick Vanell of the Charlotte Observer joining us here on the Locked On Hornets podcast. Rick, something that has now come to light that a lot of NBA teams are discussing, and certainly it is surrounding the Hornets organization, or at least the conversation around it and Hornets Twitter. And that's what you need to do with the Washington Wizards situation, particularly addressing the possibility of acquiring Bradley Beal. And so now we've talked about just how Kimba has needed to have a supporting cast and certainly a number two score, maybe another star. Bradley Beal would fit that bill, Rick, but how hard would it be to maybe get a Bradley Beal or inquire about him? Well, you know, to talk more generically, uh, first off, I think we need to say that, you know, Obviously, Kemba cannot do this for 82 games. And sooner or later, for them to be good, they've got to eat. You know, they've got to develop a, a more consistent um, secondary option. And whether that is in internal or external, um, you know, we'll see. Uh, you know, the only two people I can see on this team who have a chance to be that guy are Monk or Bridges, and they're not ready to be that guy yet. So. If you say, you know, ideally, Mitch Kupchak, you know, trades for somebody who can significantly take some scoring burden off of Kemba, um, you know, Beal could hypothetically be that guy. Now, obviously, the downside to that is, you know, you go to that Portland extremely small backcourt if you if you pair, you know, Kemba with with Beal. The, the entirely separate question, which I think in some ways is more a more interesting question, because that means it's not we're not just talking about you know the Wizards' um, you know awful season so far. Is what are the Hornets' real trade assets? And I don't think there are many. Um, you know, there you know the idea that um, if if a um, if a Batum or a Williams or an MKG were part of that deal, it would be to balance the salaries, not because other teams are craving those guys' contracts. So in my mind, and I'm, I'm curious if you agree with me, I think the, the only real tra- significant trade assets they have are the young guys who are still controlled by the affordable contracts. It's Miles Bridges. It's Malik Monk. It's Dwayne Bacon. And hypothetically, it's any it's any first future first round picks that somebody else would be interested in. Yeah, Rick, that, I think that list is very narrow. 
I, I think the expiring contract might be another one like a Jeremy Lamb, and we've discussed that. So what would you package? That, that makes sense. You know, the weird thing is with, when you mentioned Jeremy, um, some teams would find it appealing that his contract is expiring. Others would say, well, if you're if you're including Jeremy Lamb in this deal, I'd feel a lot better about if I knew I had control of his you know of his career for the next three years. It it, it, it depend. It, you know what I'm saying? Is that surgical? And I think at each different situation. Yeah, right. And, and so maybe if you were to put together maybe a package, we, we talked about this yesterday. Like, does a a Lamb, a Monk, a unprotected first, a you know a, a another salary filler to bring in Beal? You know, at one point, are you getting rid of too much where you just need bodies out there? It, it's interesting it certainly would be really tough for them to go after Beal but it would certainly yeah, be you know we I'm we're doing nothing but speculating here but I got to say something if I'm the general manager of another team and and, and Mitch Kupchak calls me about a you know a significant established talent on my team I tell him I don't even want to have a conversation with him that doesn't involve the words Miles Bridges yeah I would agree, and especially, and Rick, just looking at Malik Monk right now, he's so cold. It, it was a brutal road trip. Oh. He, he looks awful right now, shooting from beyond the arc. You could tell his confidence is shaken when he took that corner three last night and Borrego brought him out immediately. He goes 0 for 3. You know, how down is his value, and how much legitimate worry do we have over him? Um, you know, I think that, I think that Malik is probably... I, mean, I don't think it's out of the ordinary for a player who um, so large a part of his skill set is make, making shots. Um, people go through slumps. Um, it, I, I guess what I find, you know, to, to bounce off your point is, he was so, so good for four games yeah. and then has been so bad the next four that you have to kind of ask yourself, okay, is this going to be the roller coaster effect for the long haul or are these you know, wild shifts going to start smoothing out over time. We don't know the answer to that yet. What I'm telling you is, because by comparison, Bridges has a much broader um, um, spectrum of skills, I think he'd be the much the, the, the much more in demand from other teams than, than, than Malik is. And Rick, we, again, going back to the point of Malik Monk only playing 11 minutes in this go-around because of the struggles. You know, we saw Nick Batum not play in the fourth quarter much against Philly when he sat uh, all but three minutes, I believe, of that last quarter. Borrego will switch up the lineup. I mean, it, you see Dwayne Bacon getting significant minutes. You've even seen Devontae Graham actually get some significant run here and there. It, it's very fun. It's very interesting to see what Borrego does with these lineups. What have you made of his ability to coach game to game to not have have a set lineup every single time that you can rely on okay we know we're going to see this because it just seems like we have no clue Walker, you remember that great line jim valvano had about the ncaa tournament that you don't worry about tomorrow because there might not be a tomorrow <laughs> and so he called it survive and advance coaching i never thought i'd see an nba coach do that for 82 games of a regular season but so far uh jd has uh is not at all afraid to coach from the seat of his pants by my count um, Frank Kaminsky is the only player on a guaranteed contract in this team who has not played, you know, significant, meaningful minutes in a game that was in doubt. And I did not anticipate that. Um, when I asked him a question about that the other day before, you know, before a game, JB said that he was comfortable with this, that it doesn't surprise him all that much. And the other thing that he mentioned that I think is noteworthy is he said, 
that a lot of what he was used to working with the Spurs was you let the bench know that you trust them and that you're not afraid to go to them, so stay engaged. And if nothing else, the positive of the way that he's coaching this team right now is would you not agree with me that if you're sitting on that bench in warm-ups, um, you, better, you better not go to sleep because there's a real chance out of the blue that a Dwayne Bacon is going to play 28 minutes. So... You know, if nothing else, I would think it makes practice more competitive, and I would certainly think it makes film sessions more attentive because nobody knows if they're on the inside or the outside of that rotation. And, and that was his message the day before training camp, as I'm sure you recall. Yeah, it's fascinating. Kemba, nobody's minutes are, are given. Right, no, he, he's, he's stuck by that. Absolutely. Fascinating to watch here what Borrego has done with this team and the style that they play. That's Rick Minnell of the Charlotte Observer joining us here on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. You can check him out on Twitter, at Rick underscore Bennell. Rick, we appreciate the time as always, man. Thank you so much for joining us today. Excellent questions, Walker. I hope you have a great Thanksgiving. Oh, happy Thanksgiving to you too, Rick. That's again, Rick Bennell of the Charlotte Observer. We'll be back with more after the break here on the Lockdown Hornets podcast on the Lockdown Podcast Network. This is Locked On Hornets. 10, Al Jefferson. 9, Anthony Mason. 8, Gerald Wallach. 7, Baron Davis. 6, Del Curry. 5, Glenn Rice. 4, Muggsy Bogues. 3, Larry Johnson. 2, Alonzo Mourning. Nice. Number one, top Charlotte Hornet of all time. Kimba Walker. Thank you, everybody. The list is done. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Does Kim Banana Split work? Is that good? I like that. Would that get the appropriate soundbite, or would that get the one that blocks me away? Uh, no, it, it'll work. All right. All right. Thank you very much. That's the one. I don't I don't come up with a whole lot of these. Like, I have to go home and then research them as we talked with our NBA wines and our NBA player hater comps. But that one just came out of the top of the dome, and I was pretty happy about it. Thank you for joining us here on the Locked on Hornets podcast. Also, I would imagine some ice cream would fit you well, Nada, after your root canal. Maybe it wouldn't, right? No. Like, is the creamer, is the cold worse, or is the actual, like, eating the ice cream help? I guess that's tonsils. Yeah, tonsils. It's tonsils, but the thing is, I'm, like, in no pain, surprisingly. How many painkillers yeah, are many? you on right now? Surprisingly, zero. Like, I'm fine. I don't believe it. I think this is like the Doc Ellis game. <laughs> You've been doing this whole show on drugs. <laughs> and Would gonna, you like a drug test, sir? And we're, we're going to write about it. We're going to write about it, and you will go down as the pod legend. For I love how we're, we're trying to tell him that he's doing something legendary. He's like, no, facts. <laughs> I am not on drugs. <laughs> no, sure. I am not on drugs at this point. Just take, like, like, just I take want, your compliment. I will take my compliment when I need it. I'm not Willis Reed today. I'm more of a guy that's at No, this you're Doc Ellis. Come on, keep yeah. up. He is on drugs. He's not yeah. even listening yeah, to me. Yeah, that, that's a different sport, Nada. We're talking baseball right now. Just Doc Ellis sleep. reference. So we, we do need to have some kind of voodoo and some crazy stuff go along, though. Look, our boy, my boy specifically, Malik Monk, it's yeah. been a rough go, man. Yeah. It's been very, very bad. And I think you saw him take that shot from the corner last night after his first two missed threes. And that's the first time I saw Malik Monk shook out there on the basketball court. Yeah, he, him and him and Nick Batum need a little something. Like w- one thing we have preached constantly is Malik Monk's amnesia 
right? Mm-hmm. Like how he forgets the bad result that happens previously, and he goes out there and has the gunner mentality. You saw it from the corner. He was wide open. Man, he is shook. Yeah, because I saw him pass off and open three to back to Nick Batum or Lamb. I can't for, I can't remember who it was, but he passed off a shot, and I was like, oh. This ain't good. So it's not good. It was a brutal road trip. The last two games at home, he has gone scoreless. At least not one made field goal made in the last two games. And he hasn't gotten many minutes. So what we need to do is we need to fix this. We need to find out so how, how we, fix this? we can possibly fix this with our powers that come from the Locked On Hornets podcast. So Wait, we uh, burning sage? Yeah, we, we, we're going to, I think. We're going to try to figure out just the best way to do it. Occasional contributor, Nick Denning. Friend of ours has a request wait, of wait, no, us on, on Twitter, and he asked, can y'all also perform some kind of ritual tomorrow to break Monk out of his slump? Oh, no. So, Doug has prepared something for us. We have a ritual planned, and we are going to try to break the slump that Malik Monk is in. So, Malik Monk, let's hopefully, we're going to try to make your senses tingle a little bit. We're going to try to relax you, get you a little bit more confident in the next game, and Doug's just going to take us away. I hope you're listening, Malik. This is going to get my credential roof open. Please be quiet. Imagine the ball going through the hoop. The hoop. The hoop. The hoop is on fire. (laughs) Who is going to guard you on Wednesday night? Close your eyes and imagine your matchup. Corey Joseph? I don't think so. Tyreek Evans? More like Ty Bleak Evans. They can't stay with you. Guarding you is like guarding the wind. The wind, the wind. The wind that flows from the ball when it leaves your hands and goes in to the hoop. The hoop. I want you to imagine the bench as a source of energy that flows through you. The pine. The pine grows strong and wide. It cannot be pushed down. Down. (laughs) Down. You sure Doug's not the one on LSD? (laughs) (laughs) Are we all cleansed? Is everybody cleansed now, thanks to Doug? Oh, what happened? Oh, that, my God. You all right? Oh. Hey, Doug, you with us? That was oh. that was a lot longer than I expected as well. That was Oof. written out. That, that would, see, here's the thing. Hey, listen, I will do whatever it takes to get Malik Monk back on track. Doug, we appreciate you going to that dark place. I hope that we are all, our souls are now cleansed. Oof. I feel relaxed. I do feel relaxed. I feel like I could just kick my feet up now and watch some Hornets basketball like we're probably going to do tomorrow night. Hopefully we get a victory against the Indiana Pacers. And hopefully, man, if we the thing the thing that's weird about this is, is if Malik Monk goes off for like 30 tomorrow, then we will have unleashed a power that I did not know this podcast was capable of. Yeah, yeah because you know who's going to we're going to get requests for like Marvin. We're, we're going to get requests for everybody. We're going to we're going to start having agents from players come to us start to figure out what kind of rituals we need to give their players to get out of these slums, and we're going to be making a lot of money. I sense a business here 
I sense a business yeah. from the Lockdown Patreon Hornets podcast. Patreon only. We getting paid for this. That's right. So you can yes, $1 a month. Maybe for the agents, we spike it up a little bit more. But for you, the listeners, to enjoy the content, it'll be just $1 a month. Thank you for listening to our podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Lockdown Hornets. You can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Overcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Just search Lockdown Hornets. We'll be back with you tomorrow to preview the Indiana Pacers game.